Yo, this is Stephen Lee. And I'm Frank Jackson. And, and we, we are, are the, the Distinguished, Distinguished Critics. We're here to break down some of our favorite albums and songs and debate what's overrated, underrated, and everything in between. So join us as we go back and relive some of music's most iconic projects. Give us a listen wherever you get your podcasts. And please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and give us those five stars. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of This or That. I'm Stephen Lee, joined as always by Frank Jackson. And on this week's episode, we will be discussing Trick Daddy's sophomore album, www.thug.com, and Juvenile sophomore album, Soldier Rags. Frank, how you doing today, man? I'm great, man. I'm I'm more excited about this one than I have been uh, for any, all due respect to everything else we've done. But uh, these hit especially close to home for us. I mean, these are... These are definitely two of our all-time favorite artists, Trick Daddy being my favorite. So, uh, you know. Hey, giving away the uh, the results of where you're leaning Well, not already. quite because of who he's <laughs> pinned against here. Yeah, that's you fair. know, because Juvie, uh, Juvie is right up there, too. And this is, a hell of a, this is a hell of a matchup right here. I would say, I would say these are two albums that um, I think are more so soldier rags severely underappreciated and slept on outside of that region, you know, um, because thug.com has some songs that became recognizable, uh, countrywide, you know, we'll, we'll get to that, but mm-hmm. still just two albums in general that I feel like kind of get lost in the shuffle when people talk about, uh, Southern classics and I have them both as being that. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I think when you look at like when people talk about seminal, southern hip-hop albums from the 90s sometimes i would say oftentimes these two don't get mentioned at all you know and 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 the way i look at this is and obviously we're going to get into each project but with juvenile it's like we knew him from 400 degrees and once ha hit in particular obviously backed that ass up kind of put cash money as a whole on the map but like this is the album that kind of helped them get that universal deal a year before and then in Trick's case, it's like he debuted in 97, but like you said, this album is, is one where it's like, oh, okay, who's this? Because it did have a monster single on it, unlike, you know, Juvie's project. Right. So, I mean, leading up to it, yeah, one thing that I find weird about Soldier Rags kind of still not getting to, at least from my perspective, that respect that it deserves is, uh, you know, after, after Juvie released 400 Degrees and they did get that universal deal that you alluded to, they re-released uh juvie's albums all all of the all of the cash money product for the most part that led up to it right they re-released all of that stuff one would have thought once they got that huge distribution deal and they had the pushing of the label and they were now i mean juvie was after he made high 400 degrees i mean that just blew up like he became a mega mega hip-hop star so one would think that those out, but yet and still, even though they re-release those albums, you just still never hear that get talked about. Even when you see Juvie get talked about, it's, it's still one of those things where it's like, it feels like Soldier Rags is a major regional hit there because people in New Orleans and surrounding areas, Houston, Mississippi, Alabama, places, it made its way through there. Yeah. Ca- Cash Money was in 95, 96, 97. Right. Um, I remember going to you know, FYE and like Turtle Music back in 2000, 2001. And this is when Cash Money was at their peak. And like you said, that deal, 
put all of their prior projects on the shelves. It wasn't just 400 degrees and, and G code and everything that followed. It was soldier rags. It was the being hot boys. Myself. Yeah. Being myself, get it how you live. Like yep. all these albums that had came out before. So yeah, I, I agree with that too. I think it's a case where when people go back and they look at Juvie's catalog and we'll go ahead and start with that album. But I think when you go back and you look at Juvie's catalog, somehow that's not mentioned in the same breath as like a, a 400 degrees, obviously, but even like Juvie the Great. Right. You know? Yes. Like, there's there's later Juvie albums that that get mentioned before that. And this album served, I mean, if, if you, and obviously the reason we are even putting this on the pod is we highly recommend that you go listen to both of these albums yeah. if you haven't, or revisit them if it's been a while. This isn't going to be an episode where it's like, all right, of the two disappointing projects, like which one are you yeah. leaning towards more? This is this is a true like heavyweight bout. So this album really set the blueprint for four hundred degrees and you could hear it on multiple songs. But just real quick before we dive into it, this album did come out May thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Uh, Cash Money got their universal deal sometime in late ninety seven, early ninety eight. Their first release under the Universal umbrella was actually a big timers project. Mm -hmm. But this Soldier Rags came out at a time really when not only was New Orleans hip hop not on the map, I mean, Master P was just starting to make some noise, but this is before the incarnation of the Hot Boys as a group that we even know today. So yeah, let's let's go ahead and get into it. And and leading up to it, um this was Soldier Rags was one of the first actual um I guess I, I guess you could say like rap style albums that they made. It was a bounce music a lot before bounce. that. It was a lot of bounce music. Uh, and Juvie, by the way, was great even when he was making bounce. And I'll get into that because Juvie, Juvie is is, you know, people might not picture him this way. Juvie was kind of like a child prodigy mm -hmm. type of thing. Like Juvie was always that dude from the young age who. He grew up, you know, people around there talk about it. Like, Juvie always corrupt. Juvie was always talented when it came to this stuff. And um, from very early on, even before Soldier Rags, Juvie has He a, was making noise locally, for sure. And, well, and, 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 and a lot of it was bounce. A lot of it was bounce. But Juvie, even on the bounce records, he always had this lyrical ability that, especially back then, the South, it never was a, a characteristic that got attributed to the South when people talked about hip-hop, and it's why so many people demanded the South's respect. Uh, for my money... Well, New, and New Orleans didn't even... They weren't even checking for, quote-unquote, no, hip-hop like they that. Literally like if it wasn't, even if it wasn't bounce, like... Your record right. wasn't going to get spin. Right. So that's it, all they wanted to listen to. Not only was it, you know, America not looking at the South as like viable hip hop acts, but like, you know, in some of these regions, they didn't want the lyrical cool G rap, like come out right. and give me your hottest 16 type of style. And Juvie happened to be the intersection of those things. He was making really good bounce music, but he also, I mean, the lyrical ability just shined through, right? So um, for my money, you know, Juvie, by the time even Soldier Eyes came out, which was, this was him raw. Right. This was him before he became the polished hit maker. But lyrically, he was already up there to me with guys like, if you're not talking about Face and Three Stacks, you know, guys of on that echelon. I would say Mystical around that time was really focused on bars and everything, too. Right. Yeah. 
but he was like right up there, like right oh, on yeah. the heels of those guys. Lyrically, like you, I think that's the thing that people may not realize is, you know, sometimes what gets lost in the midst of uh, gangster rap is how actually lyrically inclined these dudes are. Like the structuring of their rhymes, their bars, their words, it's, it's still poetry. And their flow, too. I yeah, mean, the, he, the flow is, is on this album, I mean, it's impeccable. As raw as raw as he is on the album, and you could tell, Manny Fresh has talked about it, Juvie didn't even know how to put together, he didn't even uh, yeah. know what a bar was. Right, right, like, right. He would, and you could see it on some of these songs, too. Right. I mean, it comes off executed in a flawless type of manner, but, like, you can tell that, like, even Cash Money as a whole – some of these do. Some of these songs do sound a little rough around the edges right. in terms of like the chorus placement. Yep. Like how long each. I think verse that's where is. you hear it the most is in is some of the choruses right. where it's kind of like. If you you're know. if you're looking for uh, just you know as a disclaimer if you're looking for juvenile rapping like this is his best album. I agree with that. Like I just in terms of like being a pure MC. Him just spitting. He's just he's spitting on songs this album, like Money like, on the Couch and. Um, you know, welcome to the section and and spitting game. Like he's he's, I would argue like as the best that he's ever been in terms of just his pen game. Wasn't quite there with like the again the hit making ability yet. Right, though. he hadn't gotten there. But to me, so on this album, um, and you know whatever, I just jumped the gun on it. I think the best lyric lyrically on any song that Juvie has ever been is that's how it be happening mm -hmm. that is that is i was if you want to hear juvie that's on be being happening. a that's literal be just a poet that was so beautifully Vivid, written yeah. and it like it puts you there it is telling you uh just like a series of stories but the way he's doing it is so unique to his region it's so his new style. orleans yeah. his style is so it's juvie it's nobody else like you you can that he didn't pull that from someone else. There is no influence, no father to that. That's his style, and it's perfect. Kind of like that sing song, like he he raps, but there's yes. there's so much it's yes. so much melody in it. Like and a lot of New Orleans artists were able to do that, but I don't think anybody's ever mastered it the way Juvenile. No, his uh, the the voice is so unique. The his entire flow, his style, and uh and it shined through on this album. So Soldier Rags um did put juvie and cash money on the map in surrounding states which was important because uh when they went to you know texas or mississippi places Tennessee, like that yeah all these places those places new songs especially like soldier rags soldier rags by the way being a very clear blueprint for ha huh? yeah it's yeah. All, like ha huh? is the graduated version of that the one that was more polished a little bit more impeccably produced i might prefer soldier rags it's close I, it's, it's very close it's close it's very close it's a i would they're the same level like it's it's that type of thing where man soldier rags is just as good as ha but when you listen to soldier rags you very clearly hear where where the concept well he takes he lifts the whole ha chorus and flips it yes, for 400 degrees exactly and, and you can tell that he this was enough of a local hit to where it got love, but it didn't probably get the love that it could have. We're talking about Soldier Rags, the title track. And it's almost as if when he's making 400 Degrees and he's getting ready to roll out a national debut, he looked at that record and said, uh, I'm, I'm not quite done with this. I got to pull some of yes. this because it worked perfectly. No, I did. He uh, he graduated it. I mean, he 
he turned it into because by the time 400 degrees came okay now he's a hit maker right he literally took that song and, and put at him and manny fresh because he needs that credit too I, manny produced this entire album and i mean yeah the production this, is, is by 97 we're firmly in a place where and i always found 97 to be such an interesting year for cash money because they kind of reset the the button on the entire roster like leading up to soldier rags and and like chopper city to an extent which i believe came out in like late 96 um you had a lot of artists on cash money most mm-hmm. of whom you know casual cash money fans probably wouldn't even know we're talking about magnolia shorty we're talking about uh mr ivan um b32 aka baby unlv all of these artists kilo g rest in peace all of these artists like left around this time and you can tell that birdman and slim kind of reeled everybody in and said okay what it's going to be is going to be manny on the boards and it's going to be me and fresh as the big timers juvie bg turk wayne and there was actually a fifth hot boy, and I don't know if people mm-hmm. know that. It, it's Baby's nephew. It's BG yep. Derek. He yep. went by Bulletproof. He shows up on a couple songs yep, on this on, album. He's on a couple songs on this album. And yeah. had they actually decided to keep him in the group, you could see how his style would have worked with right. the group. Right, you know, It would have pe- meshed. People love to talk about how Wayne was always this prodigy. And, you know, Wayne was 14 at the time that this was released. So he's holding his own on these records, but he doesn't really do a whole lot to differentiate himself. He doesn't himself. stand out. He doesn't he's stand just, out he's, amongst, he's like, your Turks. He doesn't your... ruin it, and he doesn't stand out. Right, It's, it's right. that type of thing. But that this is the atmosphere for Soldier Rags, which is why, to me, it's such an important album in the Cash Money catalog because, again, A, it helps you get the deal with Universal. Universal, but B, it kind of revamps what you imagine the label to be. It's not scattershot releases that are super underground. Like they put everything into this project and it shows. And uh, one one important thing I think to note, uh, like you said, Wayne was sort of this child prodigy, but at the time and for a little while before, you know, Wayne blew up to what he was, BG was yeah. BG and Ju- outside and of Juvie, yeah. BG was the one that was really like Wayne was kind of for a, a little a little bit just one of the guys right. you know like he was just one of the people I had him and Turk in the same category exactly up until, I think a lot of us did up until you know like the block is hot and all that stuff BG was out. a lot of people's uh second favorite or even first yeah, but it was him and yeah, Juvie yeah. it was him and Juvie and that's and that was that before you know Wayne took off into yeah so context does matter right and this is part of the reason that we like doing these episodes because for somebody that thinks oh you know little wayne and he's always been their flagship artist you know as frank said even above juvie i would say at this point in time bg was the one that was spearheading all of their movement i mean he drops chopper city in 96 it's all on you volume one and two in 97 and he's a part of the hot boys so bg i I would say you know more than anybody deserves the credit for them getting that deal but soldier rags i mean if you're if you're ranking you know your top five cash money albums and let's not include the carter series let's just say up to maybe 2004 i don't see how this album is not in your top five i agree but but Yet and still, for for some reason, uh, it just doesn't get that from from people. But you know what? That's why we're talking about it today. So that's Soldier Rags. Okay, now we're going to talk about Thug.com. Well, hold on, real quick with Soldier Rags, or we could do this at the end. But I do want to gauge, like, you know, favorite song. Maybe were there any yeah. missteps? Were... We can. Well, we can do that now. Okay, that's fine. So, we can so do like, that now. So Soldier Rags clocks out at fourteen songs. Um, 
this is before like the big timers intros was even a thing. They got Ziggler the Wiggler from Chopper City fame. Um, and then you have the Soldier Rags radio edit towards the tail end, which I think is, it's not just words bleeped or taken out. He kind of redid this record. So I think it, it is worth being on the album because he flips it in a, a little bit more of a commercial way. Again, not quite on the level of ha, but you know, he's, he's polishing this up. Right. So uh, out of these, let's just say 13 songs, or 12 if you want to not include the radio edit. Are there any missteps? How does it flow to you? Like, what's your favorite song? What's what's your main takeaway from this project? Listening listening to it from I front to the, back. I think despite the fact that this is uh, Juvie in his rawest form, which is, I mean, that for better or worse, like, that's a good thing, too. Um, I think production-wise, it flowed together extremely well because – Manny Fresh is another one of those dudes who kind of just from the beginning was was that he was guy. that real. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Manny Fresh is God. I I think Manny Fresh is probably the most underrated producer of all time. He never like, sampled nobody, either. Yeah, no, this was all original. As a matter of fact, the reason he produced this entire album was because they didn't want to have to pay to, but they didn't want to pay for samples or, or have yeah, anybody yeah. cover anything. They just had him produce, and it, I mean, it worked out perfectly. Um, so I think the album flows together really well, and it kind of provided a, a sound for a region. It kind of started right there, and Manny ended up really having his own sound. Like you could over the next, over the course of the next, uh, you know, however many projects, you know a Manny track when you hear it. At least you know a Manny track when you hear it. Um, that. That being said, my favorite my favorite is hard to pick because I, I could man, Soldier Rags, that's a or Soldier Rags, sorry. That's a that's a banger. Roll with him. Manny's rapping on Thumping, that too. Thumping, menacing Manny type of beat. It's just a that's a pimping a bitch. I mean, that's yeah, as New that's Orleans a regional class. That's <laughs> I mean, that's a super New the Orleans. Cali like, cutthroats, the Melphamine Walker. Like he's and he's this, shot this everybody out a on lot. this one. This is saying a lot. That's probably the most New Orleans-ass track on this album, and that is saying a lot because, yeah. I mean, he really is. This is for the region. Like, this, the stuff he's talking about on these songs. It's a lot you, of neighborhood. Like, it's so war, much neighborhood uptown, stuff. Like, he's shouting a lot of guys out that if you're familiar with uh, the original Hot Boys, like mm-hmm. Sterling, Mosquito, Gangster. Obviously, Gangster is uh, Baby's brother, and he's been – making the the waves lately with all his stories. Like, you go back and listen to this now, and you're going to hear a lot of, like, the street legend names that Juvie's dropping, and it kind of provides, a, you know, a little bit of a clearer picture with New Orleans at that time. So, um, that being said, I would say probably my favorite track on this album is Pimpin' a Bitch. Okay. But uh, right up on the heels of it would be That's How It Be Happening. Okay. Because that's, you know, like I said, <laughs> I think that's Juvie, Juvie's just Two lyrical ability on that is it shines through so heavily that there, I mean, there's a lot of people, if he got in the ring with somebody lyrically on that track, he he's knocking out a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. And I'm talking your New York cats, West coast. Well, he's wherever. doing a, throughout this album. He's doing like the flows that like he's switching it up. He's not just like, okay, no. this is his flow. And this is how he it's sounds. Extremely like, unique. The way he's doing just it. like, you know how hard it is to rap on a song like that yeah. and find that pocket. Mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, it's tough, man. It really could vary depending on the day, but I think I'm, because this album does encapsulate like that raw New Orleans regional sound at the time, I think I have to go with Third Ward Soldier. 
which is again which it's, is another one its own fused bounce track magnolia short and worth that. noting that he took one of the lyrics in that song and turned that into you understand yeah, on the, yeah, uh, the yeah. hook on yeah. you understand which you it get, became yeah. one of Juvie's biggest what that, songs. Uh, what you can take the five and take this shit to try. You talking yeah, about that got, one? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's a few. He's done. He that. did that a few times on this album, and exactly. I and I, I like that because it's kind of like he knew how great of a project this was himself. And for 400 degrees, you could see that he wanted to kind of just expand pieces of that for his his national debut. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with Third Ward Soldier. Honorable mention, certainly pimping a bitch is up there, and. Uh, Who's the motherfucker is just so yes, smooth. That's I mean, what it is. It is. Like Manny and the guitar and just the instrumentation. I feel like it's smooth. But Juvie's still, you know, he's still spitting on it. Like, this album really is like, God, man, you look at it, and it's honestly one of my ten favorite albums to ever come out of New Orleans, and that's saying a lot for me. That is saying a lot. So we have a couple years later now. September 22nd, 1998. At this point, Juvie is a superstar. He's on his way. So around this time, Ha was was blowing up. But 400 Degrees came out in November of 98. Mm-hmm. So really when he said, you know, taking over for the 99 and the 2000. He meant it. it he meant yeah. that. And here here comes Cash Money. So th- this album drops, you know, right in that, in that little bubble. Right, right in there. that pocket right yeah. there. So Trick Daddy. This is Trick Daddy's sophomore album. Um... Another one that I would say is, of course, like I said at the beginning, slept on, but not quite as much as Soldier Rags is, and that's for a couple reasons. Um, one reason being, Trick made his sort of debut as a feature on an Uncle Luke song. Uncle Luke, of course, at the time, and for a long time before that, being... The only face of the only Florida, face of, of Miami or, and he was such a major hip hop figure, you know, like Juvie didn't have the benefit of being really featured on anybody tied to something shit. Like, like that, right? On a huge song. Scarred was a huge song. So Trick Daddy uh already has a you know a little bit of buzz. Um and then he he drops his debut album based on a true story, which for for my money, like that's is either that or this my favorite Trick Daddy albums, and that's saying like everything for me, right? Um, he goes to jail, and he gets the concept of Thug.com because he starts to notice while he's in jail. That so much shit is starting to revolve around the internet. Oh, man, this is just real quick. www.thug.com. I mean, it's it. Yeah. Like just the name alone and the album cover is very much like a look into the internet in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny to hear them talk about it, right? Because Trick, while he was while he was in jail, um, starts to notice all this shit is is starting to kind of revolve around the internet. You know, he's talking about it's funny stuff that's just like. You don't even think about it anymore. This is stuff that was just starting to happen back then. He's like, you know, I, I started to notice uh, when money getting put in my commissary, you know, it's internet. And then when when my mama get food stamps, uh, they she put in the last four of her social, and it's the internet. So that shit just gave him the idea, like, we should. I'm going to call my album thug.com. We should base <laughs> this around the internet, right? So. 
eventually he he gets out of jail and at the time the the creator of Slip and Slide Records, uh Ted Lucas legend who people Le- should talk about ab- more. It should be mentioned legend. with your Tony Drapers and Masterpiece and all of them. Absolute legend. Um Trick would call him at all all types of night, uh, like Ted Lucas talked about his uh, interviews before, where Trick Trick would call him. Uh, he he had a quote that I thought was funny. He said, uh, "He said Trick would call me three four in the morning, and I had to make sure because he was leaving strip clubs and shit. You know, how Trick Trick got down the same way for since for since forever. Trick still get down this same way, right? So call him three four in the morning after leaving the strip club with an idea." He said, I always got to answer the phone at that time because he might forget it by 10 a.m. So he got to answer the phone. (laughs) Yeah, that's Trick Daddy. (laughs) Yeah, right? That makes perfect sense. So Trick um, called him about the, you know, the whole we should kind of revolve this around the Internet type thing. Now, funny enough, album itself doesn't have too many references to the Internet at all. Outside of like the intro, the outro. Exactly. The intro and the the outro have that that sort of like robotic. W, W, W. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, How it used to be. Right. But this isn't a concept album in in the true sense of like, oh, he's dealing with like, you know, where society's going as far as technology or anything like that. Not at all. I'll say this, though. One thing I noticed about this, and I don't don't know if this was in your notes, like him doing the thug.com thing did kind of predate like that trend that you saw. I mean, R. Kelly did TP2.com, C. Murder yeah. had CP3.com. Yeah. Like that was a thing for like a right. brief period in the late 90s and early 2000s. Right, it was. Um, and I'm not sure how tied it is to that, but I, but he was first. Yeah. You know, so as we as we get into the album, um, if you compare this, man, Trick is had, Trick Daddy is, is to me the most interesting artist in hip hop and I say that because of his evolution through albums Trick has had so many forms Trick has had if you go back to his debut album based on a true story I would more compare that to Soldier Rags than I would compare it to Being Myself even though Being Myself right. was actually Juvie's first because it's raw, right? It's ex- it's extremely raw, but you hear it. Yeah, like, so, and it's I, I understand what you're saying because being myself is like a a bounce album, right? So that'd be like Trick's debut album, being like a a typical Luke like booty and bass exactly, type of album. Exactly, exactly. It would have been like Trick if doesn't Trick really just have released one Miami bass music, right? Like based on a true story, his debut is is what you're saying, kind of is his soldier rags. Exactly, right? it's so raw, but. The dude is just, I mean, this is real, this is just real poetry. Trick is just talking about all of the, and it's, you know, for me, it's really special. And for just people who grew up down here, because this is South Florida, like, Trick was putting on for us, and we didn't have that. Yeah, we didn't have anybody. We did not have that. Like, the South was, was a thing, but... Florida wasn't, mm-hmm. and South Florida was didn't have. You know, we had Luke, but it was it was the bass music. Trick is now like the first rapper, rapper, like, and the man just had all this lyrical talent. Like you could just hear it, and he had all these these songs that were like soulful, but they were also so local. He's talking about places 
that you got to be from here. You got to know Miami. You had to either grow up in Miami, have family in Miami, or know people like you. It, a lot of this shit was so local, but it was so real. And it, I would imagine this is how people felt in New Orleans. Right. So Trick drops thug.com, and this is polished now. This is like Trick for, was already for, on. For a Trick album, yes, for sure. Right, yeah. because Trick did have at least a hit on this, a, a country, a nationwide hit on this. Plus some definitely at least regional hits. Right. Like when you talk about back in the days, that's at worst a regional hit. Yeah. But I'd say it's even a little bit more than that. You pull anybody down here over the age of 30 and I guarantee you they know know that song. And no matter where they live. Right. They know that song. Right. Um, Now when you talk about Nan, nigga, that's a, that's just. That was the hit. That's the hit. That like, was the hit. That's the one that blew it all up. And it didn't just only blow him up. That blew Trina up. So now Slip and Slide is officially a movement because it's not just him. It's also her. And now it's everybody. It's the men, the women. Like, you know, people really on this Slip and Slide shit now. Well, that song is so big, too, for blowing her up because just the nature. First of all, I mean, the beat is banging. Like Amazing. You, 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 throw Amazing. That, you throw Nan on now, and it's just like you're going to sing along to it. Like, that beat has aged to perfection. But I think what helps blow Trina up in this spot, too, is the concept of the song. I mean, he's drunk. He's trying to holler at her, and it's a lot of back-and-forth exchange about, like, you don't know Nan, a person like me, you know, that'll do this, that'll do that, that's willing to do that. And it is this playful exchange, and they this was the first uh, – piece of that chemistry that they showed on so many projects in in the years to come and i mean there's even they're introducing the nation to terms that only get used down here like you know at the beginning of that song she says i you know i don't want to holler at trick he over there smelling like bunk and hennessy and shit bunk is that's what we call dirties down here if you smoking uh basically if you smoking a joint with cocaine in it that's what they call it in miami bunk that's Nobody, not, people, there are people don't that call, still don't even know yeah, that, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things where, like, it's, when you are actually from the place, it feels that much more special. So that's part of the reason I was so excited to talk about this album. Um, man, Trick, you know, to me, this is, if it's not one, it's two. And, In his catalog, you're saying? Yes. Yeah. And... And he's got so he's he, we've talked about this before, and I'm sure well, we'll we might even do like a, a Trick Daddy albums ranked type of show. But he he's dropped for well, his evolution is incredible, right? right. Because for, as the uh, years uh, went on, well, for a five year period, he's dropping just like banger after banger. Oh, here's a classic. Here's a banger. Like his his catalog and his run is overlooked. Trick's best selling album was what his sixth album, fifth or sixth? Uh, Thug Matrimony, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's yes. the one with, Fifth the, with or Let's Go and, yeah. and Sugar and, yeah. I mean, it, it, he stayed, you know, a crazy run. Hell of a run for, for Trick Daddy. Um, So as we get into the album, this was... I'm trying, I'm trying to find a way to describe because it's so different, but it's so... For for one, you can you can feel that this was like a, a sort of like a southern spinoff of uh, like a continuation from Pac. 
Oh, yeah, like, was, that was in my notes. It, it's one of those things where you like you hear the Pac influence immediately. Yes, just in terms of his concepts, in terms of his delivery, in terms of his flow. I mean, you know, free me. I've been captured by some exactly. demon. Like all of that, and Pac enunciation is in there. And in 1998. Pretty much everybody was doing that. Right. I don't knock Trick for it because there's still his Absolutely own Southern not. style yeah, on it. It's very unique still. And unlike a lot of these guys that would try and make the homie song or the change the world song or I'm living this thug life and it, it doesn't come across as like I'm doing this for uh, record sales and because this is the hot thing to do. Like you could, the, the conviction in Trick's voice and with these records, it jumps off in a way that, that reminds you of Tupac. Well, and Tupac and Trick Daddy, uh, nobody has has done more for thug music. And I, when I say that, I mean literally having uh, the moniker of thug, of labeling themselves thug. Nobody has done more right. in hip-hop than those two. Um, as a matter of fact, Trick's... Uh, that that was the theme of his albums. All of right. all of Trick's it's albums thug. had thug, Book of Thugs, something. Thugs in Are it. Us, exactly. Thug Matrimony. Yeah, you had a lot of people screaming that back in the day, but I do think Trick was one of those rare artists that was able to break through that quote unquote wannabe Tupac uh, tag that you could put on somebody like Ja Rule at the time. It never felt forced or uh, it always felt organic with Trick Daddy. You know, so Trick had a little bit of everything. On this album. I agree. And it uh, is really impressive because it, it doesn't feel, you know, usually. So you having a little bit of everything isn't always a good thing, right? Because sometimes it can feel like. Obligatory. Isn't cohesive. Right. Like they threw a couple of, oh, let me just throw a couple on here for the ladies, even the though it doesn't fit the eat, theme right. of this album whatsoever, right? This all felt super cohesive. Even though I mean it's literally, I mean Trick has you know your the the thug shit of course right, but got songs for the ladies right, uh, multiple right. You got songs with the kids singing on it. One of the, the first to do that, by the way. And and he by the way both the, this song is, uh, the song I'm talking about is living in a world right. He's got, he's got the elementary school kids, like, you know, singing the chorus. Right. You saw a lot of that later on with, like, right. Nas, I Can. And yes. Even when they flipped uh, My Block for Tupac, it yes. was it, almost identical to this song. This is the first time I remember this hearing This song doesn't get uh, the the appreciation that, uh, you know, Trick Love the Kids. Now, understandably so, because that's a that's an all-timer, right? And it was a but, single. It was one of those big, it right. had that catchy beat and everything exactly. like that. Like, yeah. everything was so perfectly put together on that, but this song is so under the radar. And that's, this is this is one of the best songs on the album that, I mean, I look, when we get to the portion of this, when we talk about best song, how much time you got? I know, yeah. Because well, I, I feel I, the same way about Soldier Rags. It's like, right. you know, we're, we're researching these projects leading up to it, and obviously these are two of our favorite albums that have, quite frankly, ever come out. but uh, Easily. But diving, you know, headfirst into it again and kind of like for the purpose of this show going through it, it's like, man, narrowing down weaknesses and, and you know, on the flip side, like what is the best of this project is really difficult. So, man, I you know, it, it's really hard to uh, to encapsulate what this album is and certainly uh, what it what it meant to me. Because I mean, for for us, we're 
at the age we're at, you know, we're born in 1990. Trick Daddy is just a kind of what we grew up with in a hip hop sense. And I mean, a lot he's of, such a lot a of massive, other artists, but him more than most. He's such a massive part of our fandom in hip hop, you know, especially being from down here. Um, and I think it's worth noting this was only Trick's second album. He wasn't even uh, a, like a superstar yet, and yet he still. Trick has a song on here called I Love. He has Scarface, Daz, and uh Too, Too Short. Short. Yeah. On a on a <laughs> on a track for I, him. I was that, listening to this today and I'm like, how in the fuck did they get all of these different cause at first I thought it was like, are they on the same label and maybe they can like no, kinda they're not. No. They're not at all. That's I that's something that's always blown my mind. Is like this is this is Trick's true sophomore album. He's not even a star. Yeah. Like but he got these dudes. That, man, Scarface was well established. Too Short was well established. Daz was well established. Right. Like, you these know dudes were already. You know what's crazy too is, uh, Trick has the best verses on that song. Oh, I like the way he hops. I was gonna on, say a, that's the most slow, impressive, bouncy part. beat, and everybody does it justice. Everybody, does. I love Scarface on there, but Trick Daddy quite easily has the best verse. I was, I was gonna say like that's the most impressive part of the whole shit is these are legends. On this song, nobody stands out more than Trick right. on that song. As, and that's especially impressive considering, I mean, this song right here, this is a right up to Shores Alley. To, to Almost to the degree where I feel like, but Trick, as we would learn through time, this is right up Trick's alley. Too. Oh, yeah. Trick was, but, <laughs> Trick was one of the first people to talk about eating the cat, yeah. eat, eating the booty on, you know, well before. Trick was talking was about known, eating booty yeah, before it was popular. This, this, yeah. Well before everybody caught on to the eat a booty gang. He was he was doing this 10 years before. Yeah. Um, but the features otherwise um, are pretty much all in-house. I do like that if you're going to launch a label like Slip and Slide, that you didn't go reach for all of these outside features to kind of boost the credibility of your artist, no, you knew Trick was a star in the making, and then you let everybody else, like the Lost Tribe and you know Trey Six and all of them, kind of hop on here and do their thing. And so, um, I'm glad you brought that up because there there is sort of something I wanted to to touch on, right? Which is the comparison between the features and the and the sort of the groups the crews that came with these rappers right so if we're talking about Juvie we're talking about um the hot, the hot boys, boys and, and yeah. who who it ended up that was that Manny final and... sort of uh incarnation of them right um and obviously at this point we know like that that stood the test of time you know um now with trick i love all of these cats on this album but for so many reasons much like it could have gone with you know how it is in new orleans much the same as it is inner city miami right so many things went awry because of street shit that we right? know, so you're saying basically because i'm not as well versed with with well, trick so, and his crew so but, maybe this buddy kind of Rowe, took a sideways so, turn for some of them uh buddy Rowe, who was on based on a true story um, that dude had so much lyrical ability. Like he was, he was one of the best parts of that album. Um, Buddy Rowe caught a major cocaine trafficking charge, and he went away for a long time. And that's why throughout like twenty five years, yeah, or something he got like that? twenty yeah. plus years. So throughout this album, you know, they shout him out in perpetuity like all throughout this album you know he shot buddy Rowe. you know is all throughout this album um uh money mark much of the same like 
so many things happen just streets-wise that, and, you know, on the other side of it, street shit is kind of what put together some of this stuff to begin with, right? Well, the reason that's that, the case with a lot of labels, right. too. Yeah. And so the reason Trick and Trina ever linked up is because Trina used to date Trick's brother, Hollywood, who got murdered, right? And that's how they even knew each other, right? So a lot of a lot of Trick's early music, he's talking about Hollywood and what happened, especially based on a true story. He's literally talking about uh, one of the impressive, we're not talking about that album, but I do want to say one of the most impressive things and just sort of sort of sobering thoughts about that album is he's really, you hear him throughout that album trying to work through his brother's death on yeah. that album. Like, yeah, they say I mean, he's literally, for a lot of people. He's know? literally trying to figure out who killed him. Like who, cause you know, there's theory, you know, if you're from down here, I ain't even got to touch on it, but there's, theories right and he's trying to figure that out literally on the album talking about like just everything that's in his mind on his heart right so you know you go to thug.com now him and trina through that connection uh she's on the label she with him on, right. and so now she's put on right but so much you know live by a sword you die by the sword a lot of this shit comes together through the streets and a lot of it can fall apart through the streets right so as we go through this album, the production, man, I, you know, I, I feel like Trick doesn't get enough credit for his production because he can incorporate elements of the booty bass, especially on like his oh, later cool. records. He can do that in his but like Righteous Funk Boogie and DJ Spin, like they did wonders on not just this album, although I do think this is their best effort collectively, they did wonders on a lot of his projects. Agreed. Um, like the to production... me, the, the drop off here isn't like from Manny in 97 to this in 98. Like I do, I would give Manny the edge, but like, I don't think that this is a case of an artist outshining his production at all. No, like, this oh, you need better beats. Like it's, this is not, that. look, this is saying everything about, uh, the production on his album. Manny didn't blow them out of the water and Manny blows a lot of people out of the water when it comes to production. And this was, and this was perfect. I think more importantly, this was just perfect production for a trick. Like this is, Every single one of these, nothing feels out of place. No. Nothing feels like, uh, you know, there was some pre-recorded shit and then they just threw it. Like, it just sounds like they really went and put this all together, like. In, like, a two-week period because it does have a very cohesive feel. And what I love about it is, like, we talked about it earlier, like, the range of subjects that he's able to hit on is Pac-like because it never feels like he's forcing, force-feeding this message or this Back song. Back in the days feels like some shit Pac would have made. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just, it, there's so We're much of it. talking about AIDS you, and how we've, you yeah. know, how, how it's evolved from um, fist fighting to AKs yeah, now and people all using guns. Yeah. Back then, you couldn't pay a bitch to snitch. Like, now it's just so much different stuff. Like, I could literally just picture Tupac saying so much of this stuff, and it's not that he's stealing from him. It's that it's cut from that, that same, same cloth. cloth. Yeah. And so, um, as far as, I know you don't, like, skits when it comes to albums all of these were like 10 seconds and yeah, shorter. we i was about to say we are firmly in the skit era by 1998 mm -hmm. um and god i look at albums like busta rhymes projects from around then and method man's projects from around yeah. then and it's just like littered with skits and you know if it's a minute and a half two minutes and it's like man i'm not sitting through this these are almost like brief 
interludes. Like, it, it does kind of pad the album. When you take all of that away, excluding the bonus tracks, too, you're really only left with 11 songs. But yep. I, don't, it, I don't have an issue with that because of how great the 11 songs are. 100% agree. Um, in this case, you know, like, I'm, I'm not as against skits as you, uh, but I do feel like none of them were necessary. If I have any... Oh, yeah, Tater, tater Head s- leading up to Nan isn't necessary. Well, so, all right, that's the only it one that I do think. It could have just been part of the song. And it almost feels like it is, right? And then if you're doing the video or the single, then take that part out. But, like, right. it's the actual song on the album. It could have been that. The the www.thug.com. Yeah. That, we don't need that. We don't need the logging off. Um, the call from Dante, like, okay, if he's got a, like, you know, the homies reaching out from jail and you want to throw that on the album, fine. Right. We see that a lot uh, in hip-hop. Um, but, yeah, the skits don't really do it for me, but I also don't think that they, like, draw back the album either. Like, can, Whatsoever. We, just get, can we just get to the next song? So it's that's never the, like that. So that's the difficult part about both of these albums. If if you're trying to find something, you are really, really nitpicking. If you're trying to find, like, a any sort of con, because it, it just kind of is flawless to me like yeah. this in its is, own way now again i don't think we're sitting here saying well that the, these you are know like, music is subjective it right is, so right. like some one person's classic may not be another man there's people out there who will be like blueprint that shit is okay yeah you know or, or uh uh People, uh, reasonable doubt. That shit is okay. Illmatic. That shit is okay. There's people or out there it, who think Illmatic is just all right. Well, or like, or even happens. more so, like it was written is not a classic, and it was a letdown album. And you know, we don't need to get too deep off the rails with that, but it is subjective, like you said. Yeah, I would consider Thug.com a personal classic. I would certainly consider it a regional classic. Don't come in the comments and killing us saying, oh, you know, like, oh, you guys, you guys are calling everything classic. No, you have to understand that this is part of an era where we grew up. You have a, a an artist putting on for South Florida where that had not been done before. And the, it, go listen to the album. The project is legitimately, you know, that quality of a project. Well, and on top of that, uh, I'm going to call a spade a spade. And if you disagree, then, you know, say it. It's fine. You know, right. like, I'm, a, I'm here for discourse, you know, some... Some people, like I said, music is just super subjective, right? So, to me, these are both, um, and I'll, you, even though music is so subjective, well, if okay. I'm objectively speaking, give these are a, regional classics. Give me your favorite song off Thug.com, because I do want to get into that. Ugh. Um, okay. I'll, I'll go first. For me, it is Back in the Days, and I think it's one of those ones where it just encapsulates everything Trick is as an artist. You get your message, you got the flow. It knocks in, in the whip like it's a perfect Trick Daddy song. And, again, going back to that Tupac comparison, I think it's like it's taken directly from that line of thought, and he's kind of keeping that going after Pac's demise. He does that on several songs here, but Back in the Days is just one of those all-time classics for me. All right, since since I have to pick one, I'll pick one, but I'll also say the other one, and I won't say the seven other ones but oh how how honorable of you yes i'm I'm (laughs) saving you guys i'm sparing you right this internal battle that i'm having i'm only gonna let you hear a little bit of it so if i have to pick one i'm gonna probably go i'm gonna probably go with so what Mm, the posse cut it is 
got that there whole uh, riding around your Lexus. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great posse cut, man. So Lost Tribe. Shout out Lost Tribe. I, I mean, I, they're all great on this track, and Trick is just, that's just peak Trick to me. Um, but I lo- Hold On is another one. This is this is another uh, one that, yeah, that makes me man, feel. That's, that's one, too. Like, now I'm kind of rethinking. Like, it's between those two for me. I've listened to to hold on at times, and it literally like makes me feel like emotional. You can feel it from trick. Trick is one of those cats where like you could tell when he just put like his whole heart and soul into some shit, and you could one hundred percent hear it on hold on. And that directly relates as well to this is another one where I just get those Pac vibes from him. Like this is a song Pac would have loved, and one he he would have made right. And coincidentally, Pac is probably I would I associate that the most with Pac. Pac is the person you could listen to the most and feel that emotional connection, right? right? right. And this is this this is one of those songs. Um, but God, there's so many. Mm-hmm. I mean, for well, I'm, gl- the, I'm glad for you the did. thugs and change my life. God, yeah. change my life is another one. I'm Living glad in you a did world. mention. Uh, so what though? Because that that one has like a sneaky East Coast type of beat to it and i but i love how each mc that hops on there is distinctly from south florida you don't even want to say the south you can tell just south florida off off rip right um it's this is an album that's just so difficult to to pick a favorite but uh, you know though i'll i'll go with that i mean it's the (laughs) the premise of the show i'll go with that i'll I'll go with so what um now uh between the two albums what would you say uh if you had to give the edge to either of them difficult as that may be what would you say? So for me, this is the first time in in this series of shows that we've been doing where they're so tight. And at first I went into it just because, again, my love for hip-hop started in New Orleans, so it's very easy for me to lean that way. But listening to these projects back to back to back to back again, I found myself like, okay, I need to go by criteria here because they're just too tight for me to uh, emotionally lean one way or another. Um, So if I'm looking at production, I am going to give the edge to Manny. If I'm looking at uh, the concepts and the feel and the message, I'm giving the edge to Trick. If I'm looking at versatility with the flow, I'm giving the edge to Juvie. If I'm looking at your voice and your cadence on a record, that's a tie to me. Um, If I'm looking at the features, I'm going to give the edge to Juvie. If I'm looking at the impact in terms of what it did for both artists, I got to give the edge to Trick. But that being said, I am going to go with Soldier Rags. I'm picking that because personally to me, I like that album more than 400 Degrees. I like Juvie in this mold where he's kind of hasn't been molded and he's free to just go in there and make whatever type of record he feels. And I'm not taking anything away from the G code or, or 400 degrees or even Juvie the great, but soldier rags is just like everything I could ever want out of a, a Juvie album. And although tricks is a regional classic to me, I do think trick has other albums that are, are on par with www.thug.com. Where do you fall? So, uh, first of all, your, your breakdown of the exact, uh, uh, categorically of those certain uh, things that, you know, Attributes. that's what makes right 
to me, that's that's what makes and breaks the discussion, you know, when we're doing this. They're um, that close, though. I couldn't agree more in terms, like, literally just the way, even the, the, the way you sided on each of them, I agree with all of those. Um, but a different outcome. Okay. Right? So I'm I'm gonna go with thug.com. Um and it's it's so close that it's maybe depends on how I feel when I wake up that day, right? But I mean it's literally getting the ads for me just because Trick is my favorite, it's regional. Um and on top of that, I think the the one thing that I, I wouldn't agree on is I think that soldier rags and 400 degrees are juvies only uh albums that can touch thug.com um i think when you're talking about album runs even though that has nothing to do with you know this is one album and one album right but just in terms of album runs like i think trick has the like an infinitely better just catalog run and and just in a row type mm-hmm. shit right like i feel like trick may to me you know just let the cat out of the bag here for me trick made six classics in a row right like he did well you know what no trick made five out of six classics i'm not gonna call let me, let me let me guess uh thugs are us it's not, it's the not classic, a classic. <laughs> okay. yeah okay but there's a couple of classic trick songs on it for sure but that that one, admittedly, not a classic. But five out of six, like, I mean. So this, is, but you would consider this then his his magnum opus, so to speak. Is this the, is this, this the height? or based on a true story? Okay, it's this or based on a. But that's also so hard to me because I love Book of Thugs just as much as I love. You know, like it's yeah. Well, definitely, we're, Trick we're, is one of those. We're to gonna me. get into some of those projects. Trick, Trick is one of those to me, um, where he has, you know, there's there's not a lot of people in my book that have numerous albums that I can say like, man, I can't pick a favorite here. Um, and I think with Juvie, I can do that. I think his top two for me are extremely easy to pick. Right. But that doesn't mean that in, the others are whack or anything. You know, there's a couple, but it's just that those top, the soldier rags of 400 degrees very much stand above the rest to me. Whereas trick is, is they're closer. But so you're still you're still giving the edge then to thug.com. I'm gonna give it to thug.com. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I feel like it's, and they're both so unique regionally, um, but I, I'm gonna give it to to thug.com. All right, so we did we did disagree on this one. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Certainly, if you don't agree with which way we sided, uh, let us know. Give us your feedback. I'm sure we'll be discussing some juvie and and you know this was actually a really good head to head. Like we could pick another Juvie album and Trick album to pit against each other. Oh, yeah. Uh, we could certainly look into maybe ranking their catalog because I feel like there's a lot to unpack with both of these artists. You know, you talked about their runs. I think they both did have incredible runs. Even Absolutely. If, even if Juvie's albums weren't hitting like that, he still had monster singles yes, like Noia Clap and Slow Motion yep. and, you know, In My Life and all that. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely get into those in the future. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will be back next week. Later. Thanks for giving us a listen. Give us your feedback and let us know how you really feel. Subscribe, rate, review, and we'll see you next week.